Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning. The following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 465. The pseudo box office report for the week ending March thirty first. It's a good thing that uh, the weekend's on the thirty first because if it ended tomorrow, all the box office numbers would be fake. That's true. We wouldn't really know. We'd have no idea. Dumbo Mar- made one dollar. Dis- Disney would buy more tickets for yeah. whatever they oh, were you know, for Dumbo. Oh. Uh, so I guess before uh, we forget, we should probably go around the table and introduce ourselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Uh, I guess quick shameless plugs. Don't forget. <laughs> We're available on Apple Podcasts. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. Also, uh, swing on by our Facebook page. Uh, it's a great place to go and discuss the show uh, after it posts. If you have thoughts or if we got something wrong or if we were too woke for you, uh, <laughs> you can go there and tell us how we're all a bunch of libtards. So, I, I, I explained the the review to some some friends last night, and yeah. they was like, I don't get it. And I was like, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can also, uh, while you're at our Facebook page, if you were kind enough to go there, share the show and join the League of Show Sharers. People who were kind enough to join the League this week. Oh, that's it's back. Right. It is back. Uh, for a while, Facebook, for some reason, wouldn't let me click on the share button to see who had shared it. And Facebook was broken for like yeah, two they had, weeks. They had all yeah. kinds of weird, and weird things going on. Now it is functioning again, so... Uh, it has returned, thank goodness. So people who were kind enough to share the show last week, and actually in the last two weeks because I went back an episode. Oh, uh, Richard Lawson, Brad Hyen, Jason Weesey, Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming, Dylan A. Lang, Tom Comiskey, Griffin Fox Smith, Laura Connolly Quiddick, uh, Timmy Tuzunes, Chris Sanders, Travis T. Witt, Tammy Sherman Powers, Chris Magic Man, Ralph Triple, Lane Levanway, Julianne Jordan, Ron Johnson, Brent Smith, and... Of course, librarian Cynthia. So, of course, of course. So, uh, thank you very much, and thank you for still sharing, even when uh, <laughs> it was dicey as to whether or not we would be able to read your name. But you still were committed. So, so we appreciate you. We like you extra more. That's right. So, that's a thing now. Extra more. Extra more. I'm going to say that more extra. Yes. No extra do you re- more. Did Do you remember? Uh, it's another weird conversation. Do you remember like gum ads? 
Like yeah. when, when chewing gum would have ads. I mean, they still do. You're just not the demo. I guess that's probably right. True. Like they don't target. They don't advertise <laughs> gum to, to, to 30 40 year olds. Right? I'm 37. Eh, close yeah, enough. Right. You know what? 1834. <laughs> it doesn't. That's true. Yeah, so I'm already out of the demo. It doesn't matter. You're not. And honestly, gum wouldn't even be 18 to 34 for the no. most part. It would be like 12 did, to 18. Did extra have have a because there was extra gum, right? I th- yeah. Did they have an ad? Because I remember like probably. double mint. And Big Red. What's well, the statement a, of a great man? Is that what it was? With Double Mint Gum. Do- oh, oh they, they yeah, the yeah, yeah. Twins. The Double Mint Twins. Yeah. And then there was the Big Red Jingle. Double your pleasure, double your fun. Yeah, what that's right. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I I remember my dad used to chew extra gum. And I was... And it, ta- it was... There, it's a was taste. that like nine cents at the checkout? Uh, like, maybe, was that but like I mean, like, it was brand? also like... No, like, I felt like it was with, like, Double Mint and okay. Big Red... Like, whoever gum company that was. But I always felt like that was a taste... That nobody could ever replicate because it didn't taste natural. <laughs> like spearmint, you're like, okay, it's right. a little bit spicy. Or big red is like cinnamon. This one, you're just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it tastes like maybe maybe juicy fruit. Well, there, well, even juicy fruit doesn't taste like <laughs> no, anything. Juicy <laughs> fruit <laughs> has yeah no discernible flavor, and it only lasts about three seconds yeah, before it's just like <laughs> now I'm just chewing a piece of rubber. I guess yeah, yeah it's pretty bad. It's I <laughs> mean at least fruit stripe tastes really good fruit for stripe. three seconds. Fruit, yeah, fruit stripe. You were if they could handle that flavor and make it stay, yeah. they'd have. I mean, really Wonka, it'd baby. be over. Yeah, <laughs> everlasting <laughs> dude. An interesting. That? An interesting movie-related anecdote for Juicy Fruit. Yeah. So in the movie Paper Moon, oh yeah, there's a scene where she's at she's at they're staying at a hotel. Yeah. And she's trying to get the guy behind the counter to go up and have sex with uh, the girl Madeline right. Kahn's character, so it would break up the relationship between that girl and her, and her father. Dad, right? right. And so the guy who is a character actor you've seen a million times, he was in Blazing Saddles and. And uh, steady as rock. Yeah, yeah. He's got the kind of the big teeth, and he's all very, sure. very corn pone, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and there's a there's a scene where she's like, he's like, you want a juicy fruit? And there's gum on the counter, and he's huh. selling her juicy fruit. And uh, so when they were making that movie, um, the director, uh, Peter, or no, yeah, Peter Bud Bogdanovich wanted to not, not the guy from Guardians, Kevin. That's yeah. not the <laughs> so he uh. He wanted them to have a gum, and I forget what gum it was, but they needed uh, they so they emailed the company or not emailed they called the company they <laughs> sent a paper moon they day. sent a wire <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, telegram and they were like oh but can you, we want to use your movie your gum in the movie but we need what the design looked like in like nineteen thirty one sure sure you know and they were like mm, not gonna do it so they went with juicy fruit. And this movie's made in, I think, 73. Okay. And they went with Juicy Fruit because Juicy Fruit uh, had not changed <laughs> their product design. That's awesome. Since the since the 30s. And now it's the 70s. And what's I mean, funny they is... broke. And what's funny is, like, like, I was watching this in the director's commentary on the DVD, and Juicy Fruit at that point had still <laughs> not changed. Well, it's a yellow wrapper that says yeah. Juicy Fruit on it. But yeah, they had like, even, like, the, the logo. logo or anything. Yeah. And then it, about four or five years after that, they finally, like, tweaked Just the Juicy Fruit. Just changed the font on yeah, the logo, Yeah, like, now basically. it looks different. It still is evocative yeah, of sure, what sure. it, but it, but it, but it, it's different. But I just thought it was funny that, that they went, like... Funny. They went like seventy years without changing <laughs> nah, it's fine. anything about the look of their product. <laughs> Who so. wouldn't want to have their gum featured in a movie like that? I mean, just but the, people didn't realize the value of 
of product placement until the eighties. It was yeah. I re- it was ET is what really uh, kicked that in. Reese's Pieces. Was, yeah, I mean that was. Then they not want to. It was supposed to be M and M's, and M and M's was like, "What are you going to pay us?" And Spielberg was like, "No, no, no, no. What are you going to pay us?" <laughs> yeah, you don't know that's not how this works. And then and then Reese's Pieces stepped in, and I don't like Reese's Pieces. I don't either. But I mean, it saved that. That product, that like product re- was about to get shelled. I like Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, yeah, well, oh, absolutely. Do you yeah. see they have uh, chocolate lovers and peanut butter lovers now, where no. it's just like mostly chocolate with a little peanut butter, or mostly peanut butter with a tiny ring of chocolate. It doesn't. Ma- they're both wonderful. All right, Look, there was nothing wrong <laughs> with the Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> yeah, you can't no. go. You can say and they're not. Di- I mean, you can buy either one. It's just they offer sure, varieties sure. now. They offer them with Reese's pieces inside the Reese's Those peanut I butter don't, cup. That's too much. Oh, I like. It. I mean, I don't like it. So there's the white chocolate which is awesome i love white it's just white chocolate and peanut butter yeah so just give me the original i know but you know i think though that i can't have those in my house like because <laughs> they'll they'll just, just disappear yeah. if the kids get them for halloween it's like well that's mine yeah. that's mine that's <laughs> mine that's mine we used to have that same problem with sudafed around here <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> so <laughs> that's oh, mine i'll take that yeah. thank you very much like, oh, man. <laughs> so uh uh but yeah so there's a long winding <laughs> story about to- gum Tom is actually sick and can't get Sudafed because, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's that might have occurred. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I was just kidding. So, uh, so I guess before we get into the box office report, we should start by wishing a happy birthday to Batman. We should, yeah, eighty years. That's happy uh, birthday. It's well, kinda, I, I guess technically, we it's it's if it's eighty year it's eighty years for Bruce Wayne. Yes, it's correct. only like fifty years <laughs> for <right>. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's I fair. think that's how the math works. That's out how the math works. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, it, I, I think the Detective Comics that he appeared in was first, number twenty seven. Twenty seven was yeah. first in maybe May of so Superman. 19, Superman so was like, Superman is June of thirty nine, thirty eight. And is Batman. that when it really came out, or is that that's the, the cover date? Or is that the BS cover date that well, never has any relation to where you're at in time? I feel like in the thirties, that probably was. Yeah, because the game that they the reason those things don't match up is because it's supposed to be a pull date, right? Of when the magazine distributors will pull them off the rack, right? And so the publisher started putting the dates later and later yes. to get oh. more time on the, on the rack. I, I feel like in thirty eight though, yeah. that was probably the the current. So and also the twist tie on your bread, the different <laughs> color, is a code for when they can un- is when, how long it's been there. So the guy that stocks bread is that can- right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're 100 percent right though. The cover date was May of 1939. Release date was March of 1939. So it yeah. is Batman's 80th birthday. Whenever you're editing editing this, can you pull out the part where you say you're 100 percent right? right? <laughs> I'm going to make it my ringtone whenever you call me. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know it's kind of cool. Like a character, uh, they have doubled down on his birthday more than the character that created DC Comics, but that's neither here nor there <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. He's just the most popular. You sound a little I, bitter. I am a little bitter. Like, it's it's difficult. So, like, they... But here's the thing to keep in mind is um, Batman's better. All right. <laughs> at the end of the day, right, when, I, look, at, I can't, when we look at facts, right? Just, like I, I mean, can't dispute that he... But if you show somebody the Superman S... Anywhere in the world. What about the bat logo? Any bat logo? I feel and like Joe knows because he shows his ass all the time. All the time. <laughs> He's constantly, constantly showing his ass. I think he ass. has an S on his ass. Yeah. He does have an S on his back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but no, like, so they did a bunch. So from when Action 1000 came out, they did variant covers out the wazoo. Yeah. A bunch of, you know, past, sure. present, uh, are guys who you, did, you haven't really seen. The ones they didn't do, which I thought was kind of interesting, is Alex Ross. So Alex oh. Ross didn't do an Action 1000 variant which I would have bought instantly. You'd think him being a prolific He's kind know, of a artist Superman for guy. Superman. Yeah, but... absolutely. He didn't do it. 
but he did do a two Bat- of them for Batman. Have he does you, a lot of Batman. He stuff does a lot too, of though. Batman stuff. Have you seen what those are going for? The paintings? No, nope, the... the covers themselves. No, what? Up to four hundred dollars for just a for the cover variant that has. It's a, it's, so they did. You know, obviously they did. There's, I mean, I don't want to say hundreds, lots of yeah. variants for these covers for this comic and he did an exclusive so it's a recreation of detective 27 oh is it just at a con or something no or, like, like I, I don't know i think he must have sold it either through like a comic shop or through right his i'm website. wondering like it must be really limited it's very limited if, okay and they sold out pretty quick uh friend of the show brian spath has one of each because you know yeah uh and bought did not pay that much he paid like i think less way way right. less than that but yeah, I wish I, I would have known. I didn't even know. Yeah, there's some great covers, and uh, Kevin Smith wrote Detective One Thousand. He wrote. A, he wrote. It's a collection of yeah. of stories, and he wrote, he wrote one, one of them. With, one and with Jim, Jim Lee. Lee. Yeah, 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 I mean, but that's what a great team up. One of my favorite Batman artists. Yeah, and, and Kevin they, Smith is. What is? They're what all is, like eight or ten pages, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a. I mean, I think it's like an eight dollar book. And yeah. you get a bunch of you get like so what they did in action. They didn't try and do like a forty five dollar hardcover. There is one that exists. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but like, yeah, there's a bunch of stories. I think uh, uh, Greg Capullo does one in there. There's some uh, Neil Adams one in there. Is there he one is... about when Batman finds out what Superman's mom's name is? No, because nobody wants to talk about. It. We could talk about that later. Um, oh, talk what, about. Oh, so what is <laughs> what is you, if you who was your first Batman creative team that you remember? I mean the f- the first story I read like I don't want to say as a grown up when I was, I was seventeen, sure. but you know not as a little kid uh, that I like really got me into Batman was Ten Nights of the Beast. Ooh, with KG Beast. Uh huh. That's a good one. Yeah, good call. Is and that Legends? Was that Legends or was that in Batman? No, that's in that's in Batman. Okay, but yeah, it was it was Ten Nights the f- introduction of KG Beast, yeah. and I was just like, and it was funny is what got me was like I was reading comic books, but I was really reading more indie stuff because it was like the numbers were so were high, you reading, like. Too much coffee, man. I don't think that was around <laughs> yet. But Scud the assassin. I was reading a lot of licensed stuff. Sure. I was reading like Speed Racer and Johnny oh, Quest okay. and okay. stuff, like all the now stuff. And then, um, but it was so hard to like jump into a series because they had the numbers were so high, and they, it was just like I don't even know where to start. It was kind of intimidating. And then when they did Ten Nights of the Beast, it was like they branded it at the top is like at the time. I think they were referring to them as a mini series within a series. Sure, and. uh until it was like, oh, Ten Nights of the Beast Part One, and I was like, oh, well, okay, it's up, it's issue four nineteen or whatever. Yeah, and it, I don't think it's four nineteen, but <laughs> uh, but I was like, well, but it's the beginning of a storyline. Okay, I'll, I'll read this, and I really liked it, and then just started buying were, all the Batman. Like I was Flint. on. I think I, for, I think for me it was probably Death of the Family or Death okay. of the Family. So that's Alan Moore and uh, Norm Brave. No, Jim Aparo. Okay, but Jim Aparo and Norm Bravefogel were like the two guys when I saw Norm Brayfogle drawing Batman, I was like, Yeah, why am I not reading more of this? Yeah. And Did you ever it. read the new the new one? It's Which really one? good. The Death of yeah, the Death Family. Of yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I, I like, have been that's a really good I love that whole Scott, Snyder run. Not, Scott I, Snyder is a very Capullo. it's interesting, like they had a very good run. That team, and I Scott wish it Snyder never has, ended. I just yeah, well they're coming back. Yeah, because I mean yeah. they were the because they were the best. You, they re- I, rejuvenated those comics out of that new Fifty Two run. That was one of the very few ones yeah. that was that was good from. Start I was to on finish. board. Yes, every single one they teamed up with, and then when they talked about their run was ending, I'm like, Ugh. but I will say, Tom King is killing it. Yeah. Like Tom King is writing one hell of a Batman run, and he's had a. Well, he's the king. He is the king, and it, I mean he did the Mister Miracle run. He did the Vision run. Like he's. He's got a very good take on Batman. What about you? Yeah, was... so, you know, I would say probably Neil Adams as far as, okay. like, the Batman proper comics. And I He's still one of my favorite artists. I love his take on Batman. 
I I have my yeah. Okay. I I, I, I think like I love his that era that seventies yeah. era of Neil Adams is untouchable. Yeah. I think the Neil Adams now is not. Oh, right. I'm well. Yeah, I'm talking about the. Yeah. Okay. The, okay. I mean that style was amazing. You, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten to Dark Knight without Neil Adams. Yeah. Nope. I mean I his style and yeah the tone that he set for it. I love it. Um. So my first Batman comic that I ever actually read though was and I still own this to this day was the adaptation of the '89 film. Jerry, or- Jerry the, Ordway and Denny O'Neill. Yeah, I yeah. have the comic. St. Louis's own. That's Denny right, O'Neill. Denny O'Neill. Yeah. So that was the first one. So like when I was a kid, I got that somehow. I don't even remember there's where. Extra, there's extra script pages in that book. Yeah, yeah. There's the extra scenes that weren't shot yeah. for the movie that so, are in that comic. I just like I always kept it, and I found it. You know, a few years ago, just going through my stuff, and I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember when they first debuted that image of him in the suit, and I was like. F this. I want nothing to do with this. Huh? It's in Time Magazine. Yeah, it's like it was, a little blurb at the back of Time Magazine. Yeah, it, well, oh, I mean, the he, black suit? Yeah, I was like, no. As opposed to blue no. and gray. Yeah, well, yeah. like back then he was, he had the like the gray spandex with the blue cape and the blue cowl right. and like the yellow and black bat and the utility belt. And I was like, no. This but is how goofy not would my, that have this, been in Burton's world? It like, would have been awful. Right, like, <laughs> and, and, and think about it, since then, since then it's been black. There's been uh, some gray thrown yeah, in, I but I mean the, since the then. Snyder, the Snyder one was gray and black, yeah, which was but very I mean, Frank Miller-esque. But still, like the tone, I mean, yeah, Snyder added the gray in, but it's like that suit has been pretty much black since then, and look where it came from before that. So oh, it's like yeah. that has become iconic. Absolutely. It's I, And it's funny, like, I think looking back on it, I actually think I like keaton's batman more than i may like christian bale i and, it, and i mean he's like bounds over Affleck. go back go back on the episodes we had this argument before who's your favorite batman who's your favorite uh bruce wayne i said keaton is batman a long time ago i there's something about that batman even th- i mean even though i know he had to wear a chin prosthetic and i know he couldn't <laughs> turn his head but there was something intimidating and maybe it was because it was set in that universe but he was a freaking scary batman yeah he like, was very just, frank miller inspired more so it. than yeah. Affleck. Yeah. yeah, I never really cared. I I didn't like the <laughs> the Clint Eastwood baby talk thing yeah. that Christian Bale does. Like yeah. I I never I really liked those movies, but I liked them in spite of Christian Bale, not because of yeah. Dark Knight movies or Captain America movies. Which trilogy is better? I would I go. I would Dark Knight. I'd go Dark Knight. Okay, yeah. so are you but basing that, that on the Dark Knight or the, as a, or as an entire trilogy? I mean the the last one it doesn't hold up to the first two. But it's not awful, you know. I think I go with Cap. Yeah, as a whole. And I, I, and it probably has to do with me, Batman being my sure, favorite yeah. hero. But like, I mean, I would say Dark Knight. And I like, I'm a Dark Knight Rises fan. Like, I know I people hate on that it. movie. Been... I, I, I like a lot about it. It's, it's not as it's. I mean, it had to follow up the Dark Knight, so right. I totally get <laughs> yeah. by comparison. But I mean, I, I think it's pretty solid. And there's a lot of like that sewer fight, the sound mixing with oh, him sure. fighting Bane in the sewer is awesome i just think that's such a cool scene yeah yeah i like those movies a lot but yeah burton stuff's interesting you know it he wasn't a comic guy and it's not like he even loved the character i think he was a comic guy no but he but he read the comics though right like he was a comic fan i guess oh i guess i always thought he was he did not want it well that makes me not like him even more then yeah he was (laughs) he was not a comic guy and so he didn't even we talk about Zack Snyder not understanding the character. <laughs> Tim Burton didn't really understand the character, but geez, what he did for, understood him for more than Batman and did. superhero films like you know I think what I mean? he understood the character from a visual standpoint. Who? Totally. Burton. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 You know, I the think gothic he was, yeah. And the yeah. And then, you know, Zack Snyder got out there and ran his mouth again. Which is just like it I hasn't feel, stopped for I, the last I, two I can't figure this guy out. Like that's the thing, is like he's yeah. 
I think he might just be going a little nuts, like from everything that happened. And I feel really sorry for the guy. If that's the case, awful. I, that's awful. I, I think he's just really stressed out. He's been out of the limelight now, and I think he's trying to get his foot back in the door of Hollywood because you know he basically had to leave. Slash got fired. Slash whatever you want to say about his. Pro- he was the head of the DC movies. Yeah, and they were tanking, and he's gone. And so now you have all these people. You have Wonder Woman. Aquaman, the Shazam, you know, and these movies are making so far the last couple a billion dollars, right? And they're succeeding where he had Batman and Wonder Woman <laughs> and Flash and Superman, and, yeah, and he couldn't do it. And so I think that that's got to hurt your ego. That's got to hurt you. people trash him all the time, which I don't think he deserves. I really like I, Zack Snyder. So he, he I gets, think I think he deserves it based on his current catalog. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think he deserves it for you know. I know Watchmen gets a you know Watchmen three hundred. They are literal takes from the page, yeah. and you can't. I mean, as long as you just copy what they did on the page, but you can't. Every, but I think that's but not every person com- can make that. That's a lot of people's complaint Correct. about it too. Is that it's too slavish oh. of an adaptation? Oh, I disagree. Oh, I love it. I think, it's I, think like, I, I like Watchmen, but yeah. but I also get the take that it's like, well, you know, maybe you know, maybe there's a middle ground. <laughs> Totally. You know? yeah, but sure, but sure. I'll tell you what, we talk about this a lot, and, and I think we're going to talk about it on this next movie, but not everything animated or comics can translate properly. Like, they try to translate things, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And so... It's not as easy as it seems. Just going, oh, well, it's a literal translation. It's like, well, you try to put that page on the screen like Snyder did. Right. And so I think Snyder doesn't deserve the hate. Now, his understanding of the characters, his Batman, I get it. He screwed that up. Well, his, his idea works for the Watchmen. Yeah. Like his take on superheroes works for Watchmen. Right, but so the but Batman stuff, for... so I totally get that. But people trash him just because of Batman, just because of his Batman stuff. People trash him as a director. I mean, rake him over the coals. And yeah. he has done some great stuff. Like I'm so I'm not a, a Zack Snyder hater. I don't agree with some of the things he's talking about now. Um, but I feel bad for the guy. And again, I mean, he's gone through some traumatic stuff. He has. I think it's... getting raked over the coals by everyone, going through what he did being kicked out of dc basically you know yeah. being being forced to retire you know it's just like it's interesting like it, like he didn't want to i knew he had to step away but like he didn't want to leave that whole pro like well hell no he didn't want to leave that you know paycheck. what i mean yeah, so absolutely. it's like it's just yeah, he's a, still getting a producer's credit that's true don't cry yeah. for him argentina <laughs> yeah. but it's i guess we should say like he said if you don't think batman or these other heroes don't kill anybody you know grow grow the f up is basically what he was saying but it's like, and it's just yeah. like that's not that go talk to 80 years well that of, that's <laughs> like that statement alone is the reason you're no longer part yeah. of this thing but you know what though but he's pandering because his supporters love that oh, stuff and people I, people have already that's the com- world we live in i was gonna yeah. say people have already started to compare the alt-right with like this these snyder fans were just crazy who were just who will like defend this yeah. stuff to the end it's, i mean I, if you're a snyder fan i'm not saying no you're, you love I, what you love I'm, I'm not saying but but there are similarities in the actions and the mantra of the fee, it's the, like the, the way that fervor i, mean, I guess because That's the right word. like i was on twitter and you know there's my first mistake but i was on twitter <laughs> and someone said something about snack zach snyder and i said Oh my God! What do you say this time? Because again, it's two weeks. I'm gonna mute Zack Snyder in my keywords. Right, like, right. You know, it's it's been two weeks of straight crap, and then now people just make up things and misconstrue. But I said, Oh my gosh, what is he in the news for today? And then my friend on there went and said, Oh, this, this, that, and the other. And then like I kid you not, like five it's released bad, the Snyderverse guys yep. jumped on there and started, you know, just being very rude, insulting both of us. And, you know, well, if you're stupid, if you don't get, it, I mean, so think about that mentality. Yeah. And I'm it's, not again. It, it, I like Snyder, and I'm not like that. So listen. I'm not saying you are that if you like Snyder, but those people that go the, off the deep end, right? Who the, those the folks that have 
all the time in in their day to go on Twitter and respond to just look for anything that someone correct. Says if they it's just like, search the keyword Snyder, and they're cut, looking for negative ones, they just so go. It's like I don't know. Like I, I get it. If that's your thing, I don't have time for that. Like I, enjoy, I enjoy a back and like if we get into a heated argument yeah, or a, co- a or a heated conversation. I don't even mind a heated conversation yeah. as long as we are having a conversation. And you're like, you suck at life. Well, that's but they're okay. not having a conversation. <laughs> no, these, these people are not. And so I have a lot of great conversations on Twitter about film with people, and I love it when we can end with, "Yeah, well, agree to disagree." I get it. I appreciate your points. Here's I feel mine. like agree to disagree is like the most passive aggressive thing. We're just like, "Yeah, you're wrong," but I don't really want to well, have this conversation you anymore. You'll, you'll keep fighting. <laughs> no, you will, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm right. saying after you make your points, you can't. What are you going to say? No, you're wrong, which is the the bad thing, right? And so, right. I like it when you can end a conversation. It's like, yeah, good chat. That's how it should be, but. The Snyder stuff has gone off the deep end, and I and you know, and it's great when you support someone and stand by your director and you love them. That's wonderful. But when you can't even see, like you're not even, they're not listening to anyone's side. Like they're not even open to hearing. Like, right. yeah, I like his visual style and this, but with Batman, he doesn't get it because of ABC. They're just like blah blah blah, blah Batman kills. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just it, like what? I, I, it's just it's one of those things where it's it is hard to even engage in a conversation anymore. Where it's just like this isn't gonna turn. This isn't gonna go the way you want it to. Yeah. You know, like this is just gonna. It's gonna go bad. So what's the point? But anyway. So yeah. happy I, birthday, Batman! Happy birthday, birthday Batman. Batman! Yeah. And I guess uh, the movie Us had a bit of a. Yeah. I, didn't hear, I saw the title. I didn't get into it though. So what is? So uh, apparently, uh, the actress. I have so much trouble saying. Lupita Nyong'o. 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 It's like an apostrophe Y. Uh, I hate people with apostrophes in their name. <laughs> Tom. What? Don't. There's no apostrophe in Tom. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. T apostrophe O M. Yes. <laughs> That's how I would spell it if Tom. I was a character in Avatar. <laughs> uh, you might have a chance. I heard he's you know really can't find enough people for those sequels. Yeah. I was like, no, thank you. Oh, is he still putting people in those movies? He's like, I need seven. I need seven point five billion people. So please come to casting. So apparently, she said that uh, she based the vocal performance of of Red of Red on uh, a a condition known as spasmodic dysphonia. Okay. And uh it's a and so she said that it's what inspired her and it's and a, this is her quote it's a condition that comes from trauma, sometimes emotional, sometimes physical. It creates this spasming of your vocal cords that leads to an irregular flow of air. I was wondering like in the movie, yeah. you know, I was kind of it was kind of jarring because I'm like why is she like it's interesting to know she based it on something real. Yeah. Well, like, I took it talking to that like that in the movie. It's, it's two things. One, she probably hadn't talked much. And it's like whenever you wake up, your yeah. voice sounds kind of. And so add multiply that by 30 years. And she yeah. was all, she was like smacking her and, like like she had a like dry mouth. Yeah. And yeah. she she didn't have anyone to talk to. Right. So her language skills had probably atrophied. To sure. some. So it was a combination. I'm not saying people with spasmodic dysphonia don't don't have language skills, but that her character would not have been communicating verbally for 30 years. So it would have been a, you know, muscle that, right. You know, it's interesting and I know there's a different effect and I don't mean to stop you right in the middle. I know you have more to say, but the, um, I don't want to spoil it, but we've seen characters. There is a character in the movie that, um, we already did spoil it. Well, yeah, yeah, but they're not listening. The oh, that's true. Yeah. That's so I'll just say there's a character in the movie that, uh, is, 
um, in the same arena as the other people that can't talk. Like the everyone knows there's like weird shadowy creature, whatever the other people are, right? right. The them as opposed to the, the us tethers. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't know that, but they're called the tethers. Okay, so there is a character that is a tether, but unlike them who don't really talk they are able to because over the years they learned language and i know they had more of a an exposure to it but it's interesting that red wouldn't have been able to teach the other anybody else right because just right. like the other one learned and again that's only one person but you think that they would have if they're going to lead an um, it's hard to get in without spoiling. Right, you know right, you yeah. what I'm trying to say. Oh, I do. Yeah. I'm surprised that that uh, there wasn't a teaching there because we saw that it could be taught. It was just because they didn't. Well, and it. I have a theory, but then now we're spoiling. The movie. <laughs> okay, right, 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 sign right. up for that. But yeah. but um, but anyway, so with with so the people from the spasmodic dysphonia institute. Yeah. I don't know, but they you know they were less than pleased. Sure, about you know the idea of and it, you know it is something that you see a lot of like somebody with some sort of a disability becomes a character trait of a villain, um, and uh, like the guy it, from oh, Casino uh, Royale with the people with scars, eye. people with scars. That's oh exactly yeah, scars. That was the thing now. Yeah. What was that? What was who, movie was that? Who was it? That said I will not be in a direct a movie or be in a movie that has the villain as scars. Was like, it a think, Bond movie? I don't think it was a Bond movie, but it was a director. I don't know, but it's but scars. Someone went after facial deformities and scars and said, well, there are people like that out there, and these bad guys always have scars. So I feel like it... Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I'm of two minds, because I get what they're saying. Like, I really, you know, I really do like, yeah, that's a good point. And, but then on the flip side, I'm just like... But I also know, like, you know, actors are... But how are tr- am I supposed to know what's a bad guy? Actors are trying to f- find a way to... to Make, make a character distinct from right. other characters. And so almost anything that is not regularly occurring in human development is termed some sort of a, a disability. Yeah. And so anything you choose from is is going to be an an affected class. Right. And so I... Like, I you know, well, we, I don't, it's, a, it's a dangerous road to go on, especially when they weren't saying that this character has that. She just used it as a jumping off point. And honestly, I, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone with spasmodic no. dysphonia but when speak. They, but when so they, I don't know how even how close her version of speaking is to what someone with that disorder actually speaks yeah, I've like. Never but heard when of they it. give an explanation of what the disorder is, that's that character. Right, that's well, the interesting. But I but I think her definition wasn't quite right from what oh, I read. That they, okay. they said it's a it it's it's a physical thing. It's not inspired by by trauma. I gotcha. And so that was part of their complaint is that they're like it this isn't a traumatic uh, response to trauma. It's a it's a physical uh situation that they have no control I over. See, I but, see. But you know, that's neither here nor there because even if she did get it right, the groups would still complain. Oh. Like people complain about people that do it right. very well, just it's because they're doing it at right. all. So that's not even really a the issue. So I I don't know. It's tough. I mean, it's tough because we don't have a lot of these traits. I mean, I don't know, fat guys in movies maybe were, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I just, uh, we I am, I'm still upset about Oompa Loompas. <laughs> uh, it, it's hard to say, and I don't want to dismiss their feelings because yeah. their feelings, I mean, they're entitled to their opinions sure. and I get where they're coming from. But Now, we, what we, if someone with spasmodic dysphonia is a Snyder fan? No. Oh, well, now what? Get him out of here. Now what do you do? 
out. Yeah. So on that note, yeah. yeah, we should probably turn our eyes to the box That's office. Probably true. Yeah. Uh, Kevin has his abacus. This is why we can't have nice things, Kevin. I do, Tom. <laughs> and uh, the movie of the week, uh, without a doubt, is number one, and it has made forty nine million dollars. So I don't know what the projections were on that one. I mean, it's not exactly taking the world by storm. I mean, it's a Disney movie. It's a remake of a classic, but uh, yeah, forty nine million. Take it for what it is. I think it's doing. I think that's probably about what they wanted for right. something like you that. So? Yeah, I mean, it you know, it uh it it's doing be- it's doing better than a wrinkle in time, not as good as the Jungle Book. Yeah, I'm Mary you know? Poppins opened to 23, so geez. But that was also in a very contested field. Yeah. And okay. that movie had legs. I mean, that you know, like that's true. that I mean, that movie stuck around. Right. You know. I think also I feel like Dumbo isn't as popular. No, I, you know I, what I mean, I, when you look at like, what's your favorite animated film? I, I mean, Dumbo's yeah. not on there. It, it's a classic. I mean, maybe with an older crowd, I think, because they have fond memories. Sure. You know, yeah. if you went to the theater and saw Dumbo, you're probably going to be like, oh, I love it. It's a classic. But, you know, people our age were all the 90s. And yeah, it's the, the, the ones that they're yeah. making. It's, it's the yeah. other ones they're making. Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion yeah, Those King. are our, like, yeah. That's the. This but, doesn't have the same audience as no. those. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, just for cons- comparison's sake, it's yeah. uh, 50% ahead of A Wrinkle in Time. Which was not good. well, but that, no. that I, was I a, know, but I have yeah. more. Oh no, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's well, fi- thanks, Tom, for that great comparison. <laughs> yeah. so moving on uh, to number two, it's fifty-two percent behind the Jungle Book. Okay, so it's thirty. That, yeah. that was a massive movie, too. yeah. Like that was, and it's thirty-three percent behind Cinderella. Okay, yeah. which was also very good, and then a hundred and twenty percent ahead of Pete's Dragon. Now, Beauty and the Beast, though, that's another relevant one. What That did some good numbers, didn't it? Yeah, I don't have that I was, on this I was looking for it. I couldn't find it on this chart either. But well, so, That was two years ago, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was at least two years yeah, ago. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, uh, I mean, I think for Dumbo being the property that it is, you know, I, I think I agree with Tom there that they're probably happy with that, but it doesn't compare to the other properties, especially the, the 90s properties. Like, Where does it rank with Tim Burton's movies? Out of curiosity. Uh, oh, as far as his... Yeah. Well, Did Alice in Wonderland make like... Yeah, so I can actually... Alice stupid, in Wonderland made a stupid ton, money. Well, that movie was insane. So yeah, I actually do have openings, and it's just domestic, but I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> okay. No, it's not on there yet. I was like, oh, it's dead last. <laughs> so let's see. It would be... Oh, well... It's geez, pretty close to Tim, dead last. For Tim Burton, now not adjusted for inflation, but it actually beats out Batman Returns for the number four spot. Uh, Batman Returns, again, 1992, so it sure. would be more adjusted for inflation, but $45.6. million. Dollars Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy Holy money. Cow. That's yeah. a lot of money. I mean, look at an 89, Batman, 40. That's just opening weekend. And talk yeah. about legs. You know that movie. Oh, yeah. That movie was a juggernaut. Was, so, but, I mean, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was, you know... Oh, that made a bunch of money. 14, I forgot that made a bunch of money. That was 14 years ago, though, still, but $56 million. Uh, Planet of the Apes, which somehow Gross. that made sixty-eight million. I don't he know. Owes, he owes Kevin Smith half that yeah. money. And then Alice in Wonderland, twenty ten. That was the juggernaut. That's his most successful one yeah. by far. Opening one hundred and sixteen million dollars. I mean that of... that was the Avatar thing though. That was a year after Avatar. Three oh, D was hot. I mean it was Johnny Depp was hot. Johnny, I mean yeah. it was a perfect storm coming off of Pirates. Three of... D. It was yeah. So and, a, and a, an established property with an established yeah. with an A list director. With a giant movie star coming <laughs> off of a giant franchise, <laughs> right? Targeted to children, but had nostalgia. I mean, just like everything about, and and, and it's an awful movie. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, it was a five quadrant hit, I think. Yeah, but but from a but from a 
business standpoint, right. yeah, it was massive. fire. Yeah. So uh, Alice in Wonderland for reference, 2010. Geez, almost a decade ago, 334 million domestic One and billion 691. Dollars. Thank you for jumping ahead of me sorry, there. Sorry. But 691 million overseas alone. So it's just incredible what that movie did. Man. And the second one couldn't replicate that. No. He, cool. did, he didn't direct he didn't it. Direct either, it. But, he did not no. direct it. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, Dumbo with around 50. I mean, yeah, we'll see what it continues to do. I just uh, think it's going to get I, swallowed up. I, yeah, it's going to get swallowed up, and it does not have good word of mouth for the most part. We'll so get into it. There's I, a reason. But, yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes bad word of mouth, it's different when it's just critics, but um, all around, you know, the, the buzz on the internet is a Twitter with. Yeah. Ooh, good word. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that movie next episode, obviously. So coming in at number two is Us, the movie of last yeah. week. So, I mean, what a, I mean, 55% drop still brings that one to $32 million. So, I mean, look at those numbers. 126 million on a little Blumhouse I wonder, horror they, movie. Do we see a budget on that? Um, I they? think it was higher than normal. Yeah, 20. That is that. I feel it's like that's about double really... what he's been doing. Like, like it used to be five. Yeah. Then the prestige ones got up to ten. Yeah. Oh, what what Blumhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, he's made two. How are we? <laughs> how are we casting? Oh no, no, no. The Blumhouse was always five million. Yeah, it was always five. Then it went to ten for like the prestige. You got some really big actors, whatever. He went to twenty for this one, but a hundred and twenty-six yeah. million domestic in two weeks. And if you go overseas, we haven't even been to overseas yet. Um, I don't even have my passport. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-three million overseas as well. So you're up. So around 150 million in two weeks. That's, that's and then on a yeah. I, there's no way to see like what his budgets usually are. Like, is there a way to look up mean? like if they're like so on so on on I box office mojo? Know. Yeah, okay. But but like we, sometimes but five, you click on Tim Burton, you can be like, okay, these are these are the listing of his movies. There's no way to look at like Jason Blum, right? No, because I don't think they list budgets. They open they have like in that view. I don't sure. think they list okay. budgets. Okay. So if I can, I'll find it. But anyway, we know that it's been around five though. You know, it's yeah. been like, oh, it's, yeah. it started foot real rub, low. Foot rubbing a bomb pop. Yeah. Remember yeah. now they get two bomb pops. Even, even Halloween had like a $9 million budget. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's so, 20 was a huge budget, but you know, there's a lot going on I there think their biggest one was one of those paranormal activities that tanked. Which is weird. And by, and knowing, by tanked, I mean it didn't make right. You know, didn't make a billion. It only made five hundred. <laughs> yeah, right. right. We know we didn't discuss it, but Jordan Peele took some heat this week. He did. What did he say? He said that he, he they were asking him about casting the movies, and he said that he, oh, he yeah. didn't see himself casting a white person in a lead film. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I I don't have a problem in the world. So here's with that. the thing: if a white dude had said that. If a white dude had said, right. I'm not going to cast Okay, him. but here's the thing. No, no, no. Well, white I'm... dudes don't say it, but they do it. Absolutely, <laughs> they do it. But my point is, like, it would have been a... Well, he'd be, he would never work again. He'd never work again. Absolutely. And, I'm, and I, you know what, Jordan Peele? You're totally in the right. I get that, like, as, a, as an African-American, you see the white dude in the lead role all the time. Well, and, and, and I, I think... To, to me, the key difference is that when he's saying, I'm going to cast black people in the lead, that's to me, that's not robbing people of opportunity. That's creating opportunities. Well, yeah. that's because, you, yeah, you can't take it out of context because yeah. what he actually says is he goes, I've seen that movie. Right. He's saying, I don't see myself doing that because I've seen that movie and I've seen right. that character before. Now, the the who's the, the crazy old guy from First Reformed, the director of that? Oh, um, Verhoeven. No. no. <laughs> who's the, look up the First Reformed guy. He took heat, remember, because before the Oscars, you know, and Ethan Hawke's up for an Oscar, and it's like, you know, and then he's saying this crazy stuff, and people are like, oh my God, you're just a big Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader, right? So he got in trouble before the Oscars for First Reformed. So Paul Schrader said something, and then 
far left jumped on it, but I don't think it was that bad. I, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I didn't get. I the feel whole like this thing. is a Brie Larson thing but, all over. Again. Yeah, but what Paul Schrader said was he's like, "Hey, I've worked with all sorts of people in my movies. I've had main characters that are this race, this whatever nationality." And he's like, "As an artist, you'll find out eventually. You will." Like I think he was just saying like. Not saying you're lying or anything, but I think what Paul Schreier said, once you make enough movies, you're going to have a story that eventually there may be cause to have a white dude in it. And it's like, you're not going to, it will serve the story. I I don't think he was being, you know, but then people are like, oh my God, he just can't stop, whatever. So like, I don't think it was that bad, but... Anyway, but now anything Paul Schrader says automatically gets yeah. He's, but I mean, at at the end of the day, you you know, they the first thing they always tell you when you're when in writing classes is write what you know and what he knows is the black experience and like and i think that's part of the problem with white creators when they say well you need to put your casting to be more diverse but sometimes like that's i don't know that world you don't know that world that's a difficult story to tell and then when you do tell that story sometimes people are like why are you telling that story right maui like or or like like even remember remember, like there was a there's an argument about like the the different like so Mau- Moana and Maui it was an amalgam were, of right the and yeah. there were people yeah. that were just like well it should be one culture it should like you can't oh. you can't put a bunch together like there was the costume and yeah and they thought oh well we'll do kind of an amalgam so right. we're not offending really anybody offending anybody like it's a fictional thing that pays homage to all and then no and but like Spielberg is a good example of like not counting color purple or Amistad when does he cast a black lead That's so he doesn't point. say it but he does it. Right. right, right, but it, you know, and so I mean, it. I don't have any problem with what he says, yeah. but the only thing is, I, I would say to him, or you to know, Peel, okay. I would say I, I don't have a problem with what he said, but I am on the side of like, well, just do whatever the story calls for. If you right. have the right story, don't not write the story because you can't, you know, because the lead isn't black yeah. or what. You know well, what I mean? And, just do- and, and I think he left himself an out there because I, I do think Schrader is right. It's like you're on your second movie. Right. Yeah. You don't know what sort of story you're going to want to tell in 30 right. years. Right. Right. And and you might still tell a story that's very much about a, the black experience, but but needs to focus on a white family right, to tell or a white story. guy to tell that story. Exactly. You know, but um, but uh, like the, but he, I, th- I do think he gave him he gave himself an out where he didn't say I never will. Yeah, he just said just, where I'm at in this moment in time. Those aren't the stories I'm looking to tell. Sure, I sure. don't see myself doing. It's that. a non-controversy. Yeah, it's exactly it really it's is. in the same exact category yep. as the Brie Larson stuff. Yeah. It's just I, there. There's nothing wrong or bad about getting being more inclusive. No. Like like there's, we're here as three white guys and we're totally on board with this stuff. I mean, you know what I'm I saying? I think more like, diversity is a, a it opens up more opportunities for more actors and more creative people. B and more it, stories. And more stories. So C, it also gives audience an audience something else they can relate to. Yeah. You know, I I get there's a reason Black Panther was as, as successful as it was. Yeah. You you know like that's the bottom line. You know why I think people are the people who are upset are upset is because they're jealous because he's making damn good movies. That's right? true. Like Tyler Perry isn't casting white people and nobody's saying a thing. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, because it, people look at those movies as beneath them. Right. Right. And and uh, and I think there's a lot of people that go see a movie like us or get out and and they really like it. And and in their head, they play this game of like, well, I mean, what I could never be in one. Like, which you weren't gonna be in one anyway, right? But I don't know. Halloween, you can be that family and get out. Yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> what I'm just saying. Like, you, you <laughs> know, the also... chances of you being in one of his movies is not gonna happen. <laughs> well, all, that's the other thing. Is like uh, that's the trope in horror films and slasher right. films is the black dude or black gal goes first, right? Yeah. And so Jordan Peele is just doing a different 
take on that where they're not going to go first, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're the main focal point. I just talked to Ernie Hudson yesterday for an hour. Who's Sorry. That? Oh, <laughs> what? his name. I was thinking. I don't know why I thought his full name wasn't er- like his the name that on it like you know like Ernest. No, but Ernest. I was like, are you on the level where you can call him Ernie now? No, I, I, I call him. I call him by his may, his known name. Yes, <laughs> yes you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> he doesn't. He didn't make me refer to him as Mister Mister Hudson. Hudson. So I talked to him for an hour. Super cool guy. I'm gonna make a podcast out of it. I don't know where it's gonna land or whatever. But did you talk about the crow? Yes, I talked about. Yes, the crow. I talked talk about saying elsewhere. Yes, he brought it up. Oh. I talked to him for an hour. Yeah, I think that's how dude. he ended up on Oz, right? Because it's the same it's creative the same, team. Yep. Yeah. He, that, exactly. Tom Fontana. Uh-huh. We talked about Oz. We talked about uh, St. Elsewhere. We talked about The Crow. We talked about, of course, Ghostbusters. Talked about his early career. Talked about uh, Congo, which he loved being on. And, and I loved that growing up. Like, it's a great interview. Like, the guy had so many. He was so gracious. So many great stories. So anyway, I it will be out there in some form, one way or another. But. He even mentioned, and I think it was in regard to Congo, that like in some of those movies, you know, Congo kind of has a horror element where the gorillas are killing people and whatever. And he mentioned, and I can't remember, but I think it was that one where he's like, you know, and it used to be like, you know, the black guy would die earlier or whatever like that. And he's like, I liked this character because I got to be the cool, like in charge guy and whatever. And, and, and he didn't fall into that trope. And so even he mentioned that it's, you know, it's, it's a known fact that it's been like that for a long time. And so. Um, yeah, I'm. I agree with you guys. I think it's great to have the uh, inclusivity for uh, all, all, you know, all the different races and everything. Um, the only thing I don't like is when it's forced. We've had some movies where sure. it's like this is an infomercial or whatever. Right. I'm all for inclusiveness, but when it's like here's your token, this and that and that, it gets a little like yeah, you don't. You, it's like a colors of Benetton ad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, but I'm all for it. And like Black Panther was an amazing movie. Absolutely. I don't, I don't care that I didn't, you know, quote unquote, see myself up there. Like that's not. I I was in for the characters. Yeah, I, I didn't care. I don't. So my point is these these nerds that grew up being bullied or whatever, and they found these comic book movies and could relate. And now they're the ones hating on them. It seems like such a hypocritical thing. And then you also have 10 million other things to see yourself in. So it's like. Yeah. It's just such a weird issue. It's a it weird, is. It is. weird thing. So anyway, um, but uh, going through these, uh, speaking of superhero movies, uh, Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, with $20.5 million is a 40% drop. And Marvel has started production on its on two more new properties. Uh, the Eternals, which mm-hmm. will be part of Phase 4, uh, which apparently is going to have the first openly gay uh, superhero, which I'm be- I, from what I understand, it's going to be Hercules. Uh, which is some kind people of... are thinking that they're going to flip it and it's going to be... Angelina Jolie. Oh, that could be. But I thought they were looking for a male, a gay male lead. No, I don't think so. They're they just cast. They just said the lead would be Hercules. Oh, but I don't. Okay, they okay. didn't say a gay male lead. I think they said there's going to be an openly gay. The Eternals character. Like that's a that's a that's a deep dive. Yeah. That even like I've said that before, <laughs> but I feel like I don't even own. Oh, an, I don't watch what you I say. Know, I know. This yeah. is going like, to be the one. Like I don't even own an Eternals comic. So oh. and I like they're they're uh they're a deep cut. Um and then yeah Shang- I was gonna say maybe you should say deep cut if they're gonna add gay character maybe you shouldn't say deep dive deep that's fair yeah that's fair <laughs> uh, and then they're they've Where announced are those Shang Chi which is one of my favorite characters of all time and if they do like is that an Iron Fist related uh kind of like it's it's a martial arts yeah. character yeah the okay. master of kung fu yeah, was okay. his comic um if they do like a Bruce Lee uh jackie chan apply like, that style they to do it, like like, a, like an yeah. old school kung fu movie yeah yeah That'd all be... 
goddamn day. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So run through these numbers real quick. Captain Marvel, I don't even have finals for this weekend. Look but, at that. But 338.8 before this weekend, 607 overseas, $946 million in four weeks. Do, I, a do billion you think dollars they expected that? Four weeks. Honestly? I can't imagine. I don't think so. And especially no with way. all the con- the controversy helped them. Yeah. I, yeah, I they, think they thought they'd be probably in Ant-Man territory. Yeah, That's 500 yeah. mil, something yeah. like that, which is a ton of money still. Totally, yeah. A billion and four weeks. No one saw that coming, and those trolls totally pushed it over <laughs> yeah. the edge because then everyone went and like, well, if you're a good person, you got to go see it because there's <laughs> right. these idiots over here. Like, I don't know how it, the things when the stars align like that are just bizarre. So yeah. anyway, making all the money. Number four, five feet apart, <laughs> six million dollars. We'll get there. Thirty percent. Is that that's not that ice movie where the kid falls in the water? No, that's, no, that's the breakthrough. This oh. is the disease of the week movie. Oh, <laughs> oh, I already forgot that was the name. That's the five feet apart. Okay. Right. Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. So 30% drop with $6 million. So obviously it had the word of mouth. $35.6 million domestic on that one. Uh, number five, Unplanned. Which, so look, this is the uh, anti-abortion movie. I was totally that's like... That's been taking oh. a lot of heat. Um, and... Uh, they were trying to run commercials and a lot of people, a lot of networks only, I think only Fox News would uh, would air it. I feel like the distributor oh is Pure Flix. It is. And that sounds like a porn company. Wow. No, it's, yeah, it's the exact opposite. It's they, <laughs> all, sure. all they, all they make is, is a Christian movie. So they made oh. the God's Not Dead movies and, and that sort of stuff. Is that Greg Kinnear? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it was in that. And then they also, their Twitter account got suspended over the weekend. Oh what did they gosh. get suspended for? Um, did they like sh- post a video? Like, of an abortion? I mean, I, I mean, you never know. That's like true. if they're trying to be like, this is what, you know. Westboro Baptist Church level. I'm trying to see Ugh. why it got. Well, anyway, so. So, but, so the problem that they ran into with this movie is that it got an R rating. And, oh. and so um, it's the first time they've ever had an R rated movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's made it very difficult for them to market it, and then some people to see it. Yeah, and you know, and then because then a lot of a lot of Christian outlets won't advertise R-rated movies. So even sure. though this movie is overtly Christian, they're like, no, like, thank you. They're like, well, but we don't advertise R-rated movies, and so wow, yeah. I wonder why it had to be rated R. They showed if they're a trying legit, to make. No, I don't know. If they're trying to make this get this message out there, obviously R rating is not. I wonder the way to do I, it. honestly though. I wonder if the MPAA has a thing about. Like that subject matter yes. enough. Yeah, it's not language, it's not nudity, but it's like that the subject, subject matter, matter is that could be and true. De- and depending on what they show in the movie, yeah, you know, well, I don't know. We'll have I to guess. read up on it. But anyway, five point two million dollars. So it almost made back its six million dollar budget, despite of the R rating. But I mean, I, who knows who will see it in the second week? We so won't. We'll see. I mean, we've got what Shazam coming out next week, and then we've got well, Pet Cemetery after that. Not exactly the same. Demo, well, I just mean like remember how like Passion of the Christ, like they just kept bussing <laughs> them right, in to go see yeah. it. So it's like I could see that maybe the crowd there could be a market of if sure. they rally or whatever but yeah I, I mean honestly i think the movie will probably end up doing well because people you know there's going to be a certain group that's going to go see it just going just yeah. to prove a point right you know because now the now the story is like oh you they're not allowed to advertise it there's just been their twitter account got unsuspended now but, they're being uh, censored and and not, you know, yeah and so i think people will probably rally back around a little bit so we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But uh, until then, uh, Joe's number one of 2019 is Wonder Park with $5 so million. Dollars. I thought this was the the, mo- the Wallace and Gromit looking one. No, I thought this was the one about like the dolls. 
Have oh. you seen that one where like no. there's the ugly dolls and then there's like the pretty dolls? And oh they, no, that's what I thought this was. Because there's the missing link, which is like the Wallace and Gromit. Yes. that's like yes. next week. Okay, there's okay. a bunch of kids stuff dropping around this time. It's but, a good time though. But, like kid, a lot of I think a lot of kids are on yeah. spring break and so. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know. five million dollars is a forty three percent drop. I I honestly am shocked that this movie has made almost forty million domestic. I mean, just looking at it and from what I've heard about it. Uh, it is not good for whatever. <laughs> you didn't see it, right? Tom? No. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I was like, I took my kid to see Dumbo. Yeah. So it's it's around fifty million dollars after this weekend. So um, you know, I mean, good for it. I guess uh, it pulled through. I did not think it was going to work out for it. But it was. It didn't have any. I mean, besides How to Train Your Dragon, there were no other quote unquote kids movies in the Dan Graney theory. Yeah. You know, I guess so. But it's going to have the problem now, though. It is. Uh, so uh, coming in at number seven, How to Train Your Dragon 3 with $4.3 million. That's up to $153 million domestic, and it is a trillion point six dollars <laughs> worldwide. No, it's at uh, almost $500 million. You know, so that's pretty good. For, I mean, for those movies, that's about what they have been coming in at. So it's about triple its budget, and it's a nice conclusion. So go listen who, to that. Who put that out? DreamWorks? That's DreamWorks. Okay. Yeah. DreamWorks SKG. What's that mean? Spielberg, Spielberg. Katzenberg. Oh, okay. Goo. Is there who's a different? The, is there who's a different the third guy? DreamWorks? Is, what's that? Are there, is there like a? No, that's not... the company's real name. Okay, is DreamWorks okay, okay. SKG. I'm with you. It was founded by Spielberg, Katzenberg, and I just can't think. Geffen. Of Geffen. Who's, Geffen, who's yeah. the Ron Howard? What did Ron Howard do? Didn't he have his own production company? Imagine. Imagine. Is that yeah. was that him? I think so. And Zemeckis had one too, didn't he? Yeah, they all, they all have. But a I, company, I guess yeah. I guess I thought that Spielberg, Howard, and Zemeckis all did something together. Am I am I remembering that wrong? Maybe they all are part of Imagine. I don't know. They're all tight. So, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, now we're going to be jumping down to Limited, and it was Hotel Mumbai. Uh, that oh. one made $3.3 million, and it increased to 900 locations. Uh, so it got itself a little 3,600% increase. Um, I guess none of us saw that one. but uh, No. That's one Dev of pa- us did. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Was it good? It's really good. I want to say it. That's Dev Patel, right? It's really good. Uh, it's it? it's, a, it's a very intense movie. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, I feel weird saying this because, like, I I honestly did not remember the story. I feel awful. For Is saying it real? That. It's oh, it's a, it's a true story. story. Where, like, uh, where uh, there were like twelve attacks in in India, like simultaneously terrorist attacks, and okay. and uh, and one of them was at the hotel at the Taj Mahal, and it's like the Taj Mahal hotel makes the Ritz look like. A, a Motel Six. <laughs> right. I mean, they're, the, the, it's the Route Sixty Six Motel, right? Yeah. And so, uh, um, and so, there's terrorists that take over that hotel and are killing people. And uh, this movie's been taking some heat because people feel like the body count's too high. But I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, the body count is what the body count is. They're right. telling the story. You can't and think. like, and they're and there are lots of kills in this movie and it's wow. just and it's like, I mean, like kills on screen yeah and are, almost, they, are they like Saving Private Ryan level where it's just very real are they like action kills or like they're being gunned down innocent it's people like or? they're just gunning down people there's a lot of like somebody's talking and then all of a sudden boom, bullet Jeez. in the head do you remember and, what I mean though like in Saving Private Ryan there was a lot of killing but it was it, it felt like if this were to happen in real life, this is exactly what it that would look to like. me is what a lot of this movie felt like. Like, okay. it, like I mean, I don't think it's Saving Private Ryan level sure, good, but sure. um, but like I, I mean, this movie was very like nerve wracking, and you felt like you were in it, mm. and and especially because since it's not an action movie, yeah. like there isn't that. Well, I know this guy's gonna make it, or I know this, or I right. know at some right. point he'll get a machine gun and then he'll get his vengeance. Jeez. Like now like I you, have a machine gun, right? Oh, like you, oh, oh. like you know. So it's like uh, you know, and 
it was just it was a super intense movie. It was really well done. Look. And yeah. I honestly I think a lot of the people's complaints are are inadvertently compliments. Huh. In that much like Captain Marvel. That they were so disturbed by what they were seeing that they're trying to be like, That's not the way you should have made this movie. Oh, but it's like I see, you I know, see. You know, like you real but you know, you're trivializing it or whatever and but uh but it it was I, I like I said, hesitate to say enjoyed, but uh, I appreciate, you appreciated it. But the movie. yeah, like I, I, it was a really, really good movie. Well, like, I mean, 12 Years a Slave is an excellent film. Right. You know, Steve McQueen, Michael Fassbender, she would Schindler, know Schindler's, Egypt, Schindler's List, Lupita Nyongo. But I yeah. mean, like, you know, that's a tough movie and you don't watch it every year on, you know, whatever on the regular. <laughs> oh boy, but, it's time to watch but, 12 Years a but Slave. But it's like, man, that's a good movie. So there are movies out there right. in Schindler's List, like you mentioned, that like, Requiem it doesn't for a dream. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean it's bad just because it's a tough I feel watch. Like, I feel like Saving Private Ryan is on that level too, where that's it's just pr- like, yeah, it could be man, I, I yeah. love that movie, but it is not one that you can, like to go back to your Twitter posts were just like, what's a movie you could watch over and over and yeah. over? I could not watch <laughs> Private Ryan right. over and over Someone and over. Someone today just put Get Out on there, and I didn't respond to it yet, but I was even like, really? Like, Get Out's good, but I don't know if that's the most watchable movie. I don't know. I mean, like, for the plays different. I, but, I, but like, I, I don't know. The repeat of viewings I've had, I've really enjoyed because there are so many things later in that movie yeah. that work differently when you know the the ending right maybe, but maybe they misinterpret it like what i meant is like just pop it in anytime sure makes you feel good like get out i don't see as like my like oh i'm just before bed and oh before <laughs> right, like yeah i'm thinking oh i'm doing the laundry get out oh i'm going you know i'm <laughs> you thinking sure, like sure. rewatchable like i put in jurassic park or you know just something that's like they're oh, in beverly hills cop the other day oh yeah. so good it holds up it does i haven't hold watched up. it in like 20 years oh my god. Oh, and i was like laugh Oh, I was like, he puts the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. Like it's a, I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I guess I don't have to put on a fake white voice. No, you could. No, I got the real use, one. You can use your real one. I could just say, like, I'm not going to fall I for said, the banana. I said mine was Back to the Future. Yeah, you can. I can watch yeah. that every. Yeah, exactly. Every day. I think that's nice at Jurassic Park. It's yeah. just yeah. But uh, oh, Judge Reinhold. What's Judge Reinhold up to these days? <laughs> Praying that he could look at Phoebe Cates one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I don't, I don't uh, blame him. Uh, as we wrap up here, uh, coming in at number nine, it's Tyler Perry's *A Medea Family Funeral* with two point seven million. The thing's at seventy million dollars, or seventy point zero three nine. So that's uh, with I think a point oh three nine budget. So about seventy million <laughs> profit at this point. And uh, then rounding out the top ten is uh, Joe's. I think number one most anticipated. Honest- Harmony Corinne's return. Oh. to the directing chair, the Beach Bum. I was interested. Like I did just see a trailer for this, and I was like, huh. That looks quasi interesting. I mean, I'm down for it. It's it's McConaughey. You know, she did Spring Breakers with yeah. Franco. You know, Spring I know Break a lot of people. Forever. I know a lot of people. You, I know a lot of people like that. I did not. Yeah, I it, hated it's that movie. A, yeah, it's definitely a very like indie. Ugh. Again, that indie spirit. It's that yeah, art house, that. Yeah, sure. whatever. But um, a great visual style. I think that movie, like yeah. the look of it, with yeah. all the you know, uh, but. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, I'm interested. I do want to see it. Zach Efron's got like the lines cut in the yeah. side. I mean, it's a very like it's just he's he's supposed, he might be in the running for uh, Adam Warlock. That would be great. I think he needs to go to DC and be Kyle Rayner. Really? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Or Guy Gardner. Yeah. I I'm or a, hell, I don't. You know what? Just make him a Green Lantern. Yeah, I don't care like, which yeah. one it is. <laughs> make him the red dinosaur looking one. I don't care. Well, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but uh, that movie made 1.5 million. It is limited. It's probably only East and West Coast. Maybe a couple in between, but 105 locations. But yeah, 1.5 million. So we'll see what that continues to do. But I I am curious about it. I mean, it's McConaughey. Yeah, and but uh, it's not the McConaughey that we that we had gotten used to. What three years ago? 
Yeah. Like the during the con- was it three years ago? That's about right, isn't it? I think it's longer than that. I think it's like five. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing some interesting stuff lately, but it's the which I mean it's fine. Like I yeah. appreciate like trying to just totally. do different stuff. Like yeah. I get that he doesn't want to get stuck in rom coms again for the rest of his life. So <laughs> well, yeah, that's we'll, true. We'll see. So or or like you know rust. Yeah. So that's the box office report. Well, thank you, Gavin. You're welcome. So I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And uh, if you want to find the show online, please do so uh, at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Real Spoilers. And don't forget our Patreon account at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up on the next one, we will tackle Dumbo. Until then, you've been warned. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. On March 29th. You have wondered. Magic. For a whole new generation. You can do it, Dumbo. Show sure. 